Welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. I'd like to invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Happy one-year anniversary of being on community quarantine. I remember it was around this time last year, a year ago almost to the exact date, when we were here at the building on a Monday, when the president all of a sudden announced the ECQ the very next day, Tuesday. And so we scrambled, and I was here, Pastor Gilbert's here, Bishop Jere was here, and then we just thought, why don't we shoot something uh, just to help us get through the week? And so we were unprepared, we were wearing t-shirts, we just opened our Bibles, spoke from the heart, and a year later, here we are today. And we are so glad that somehow we've built this community uh, through morning worship and prayer every morning. And so our hope is that through this entire time, it's been a source of hope for you and that somehow we've been able to help you enrich your daily devotional life with God. And uh, we're going to look at the just God this morning and justice is a hot button topic these days. Now, you have to understand that uh, the modern Western legal tradition has been based on the Word of God for the, about the last 900 years almost. And uh, which is why, you know, it's it's not uncommon to find the Ten Commandments posted in government buildings, courthouses, or even Supreme Court chambers. But in the last 50 or 60 years or so, there's been a deliberate departure from its religious roots towards a more secular definition of justice, which makes Paul's words all the more interesting when it comes to the just God that we serve. So our text is in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, but we'll read beginning in verses 17 all the way to 21. Verse 17, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, biblically, justice is about relationship. Right relationship. A right relationship with God, a right relationship with other men, and a right relationship with God's creation. In other words, if you go back to the law, if you read the book of Deuteronomy and Exodus, God's law was an extension of His love, His mercy, and His compassion on His people and His creation. Now, the secular definition of justice has to do more, still rooted in the Bible, but emphasizes something else. It's more uh, leaning towards an understanding of justice in terms of equality, fairness, and what is due me. Again, that's all good. It's right. That's a, a very good definition of justice. But if you notice, there was a departure from the biblical definition. Now, there are three primary schools of theory on the secular definition of justice, or in other words, three approaches on how to arrive at social justice. 
There's the utilitarian, libertarian, and what I'll refer to as virtue-based justice. So we'll define each one and then we'll illustrate each using this social issue of the global distribution of the vaccines, okay? So the first school of thought in terms of secular justice is utilitarian. And this approach basically determines what is most beneficial or what is the, the greatest good for the greatest number of people. So in a sense, parang majority wins. And very closely related is the end justifies the means. So if you know what the end is, which is the greater good of the greater majority, then it doesn't matter what you do to get there. So uh, again, bringing the global distribution of vaccines in, into focus using a utilitarian lens of justice, it would be like a government determining that the greatest good for the greatest number of people, obviously, is to end the pandemic at the soonest possible time. Medically speaking, that means a good majority of the population should be vaccinated. And so a, a utilitarian approach to the issue of vaccination would be a government uh, mandating uh, and ordering the compulsory vaccination of 100% of the population uh, on pain of imprisonment. And basically, you don't have a choice to which vaccine. It depends on what's available. You could be injected with an American, German, Chinese, Indian, Russian vaccine. It doesn't matter. So I'm sure even as I tell you that scenario, you're already beginning to see the drawback of a utilitarian approach to justice. Um, not surprisingly, most communist nations approach justice this way. But not just communist. Um, we don't have time to get into the details, but if you read about it, the recent um, murder case of Jamal Khashoggi, the, the U.S. government's approach to it, the way they resolved it, was very utilitarian in terms of how they refused to penalize the Saudi, the Saudi Arabian prince uh, so, that, so as not to rock the boat between U.S. and Saudi relations. So that's, that was a utilitarian approach to that murder case. The second school of thought is libertarian, okay? A libertarian approach prioritizes above all an individual's rights and sense of personal freedom. In other words, they don't want to restrict the individual and leave it to him to make decisions uh, on what he feels would benefit him and his family the most. So lesser government, uh, minimal supervision primarily. And so if you bring it again through the lens of uh, the global vaccine distribution, it would be like, it would be like this. I've, I've read, I heard from BBC and then read in other sources that actually there's one simple way to vaccinate the global population by the end of the year. It's, it's a very simple and effective solution. And it would be if the big pharmaceuticals would waive their intellectual property rights to their vaccines, share that technology to all the world so that each nation can develop their own vaccine, which would mean it would dramatically bring the prices down and speed up distribution. However, we cannot compel these giant pharmaceuticals for they are well within their legal and corporate rights to hold on to the intellectual property rights so that they can profit in the billions, okay? And so the drawback to this libertarian approach would be, well, it tends to contribute to uh, the division between the rich and the poor or the privileged and the underprivileged. So the third uh, 
school of thought when it comes to justice is what I'll refer to as virtue-based justice. And what it is, it's, it's an appeal to a common civic virtue or a sense of shared values. So it's, a, it, it's an appeal to a noble and good society. It's an ethics-based justice. You know, the, the COVAX program of the World Health Organization is, is just that. And what it is, it's, it's a program to distribute 2 billion doses of, of vaccines to the poorest nations in the world. So, to, so as to somewhat equate and ensure the global distribution of vaccines. So that's a very virtue-based approach to global vaccine distribution. The downside to a virtue-based um, method of justice is that not everyone shares the same ethics. Different peoples and cultures have different sense of values. And so even as WHO was promoting COVAX, they were criticizing and calling out the rich nations because the rich nations were threatening, in fact, sabotaging the COVAX program by negotiating directly with the pharmaceuticals behind COVAX and diverting the resources towards COVAX to their own people in what are self-national interest acts, basically. And so the obvious downside, again, is there are no universal shared values. There's a moral relativity. You know, in other words, the Taliban's brand of justice is based on Sharia law, which is not shared by a majority of the world. Or another acute case was when California and Las Vegas shut down religious services but allowed casinos to operate. And so secular approaches to justice, again, are heavily bent on us receiving what is due us. And so our strong reactions tend to be born out of a sense of injustice. So Lady Justice may be blind, but she certainly is biased. Now, Paul and the Bible, again, had a different approach to justice. Paul wasn't looking to receive what was due him. He thought of it in terms of a right relationship with God, with other men, and with God's creation. And that's why Paul said in verse 13, give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. And in fact, in Romans 13 as well, the very next passage was Paul affirming the role of civil government to implement justice in order to maintain peace and order. And so in our personal context and in dealings with others, Paul said in verse 18, if I can borrow his words, he said, if possible, so far as it depends on you, number one, extend mercy. Verses 17 and 19 says, Repay no one evil for evil, never avenge yourselves. Biblical justice is not about getting what is due you. It's not about receiving what is owed you, what is rightfully or legally yours. It's not about retaliation. Number two, extend grace. Mercy is not receiving the punishment that you deserve, but grace is receiving a gift that you do not deserve. Verses 10, 20 to 21 says, To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Overcome evil with good. It's not merely withholding punishment. It's doing good to those who wrong you. Why? Because biblical justice is a picture of the kingdom of God in the here and now. That as we extend mercy, 
and as we extend grace to others instead of vengeance, people will see what it means to follow God, what it means to be a part of a community that follows God, and so they will be drawn to God. In other words, biblical justice is a gospel issue. So again, biblical justice means extending mercy, extending grace, and number three, trust in God as our vindicator. When we lay down our right to vengeance, God will pick it up and be our vindicator. Every person will receive what is due him on Judgment Day. Judgment Day is the day of reckoning. Judgment Day is the day of reaping. That is when all of us will receive what is due us, whether it's right or wrong. So as I close, justice is ultimately found in God alone, in His rule, in His ways, and ultimately in His return. So why don't we close again by worshiping the God who deserves all of our praise and all of our honor by dealing with us in justice, love, grace, and mercy. Let's worship. Natag ang puso, ikay lagi Puno man ang lungkot, tiwala ko'y lupos, ikay lagi Sa kalakasan mo, panatag ang puso. Let me just bless you as you go about your day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Good morning. You've been listening to the Victory Devotional Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this will help you build a habit of hearing from God every day. If you'd like more messages like these, you can follow us on Spotify or on our Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to watch these messages, you can watch them every weekday morning on our Victory PH Facebook page.